Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to a very special episode of In That Number, our end of season review and award show for which we've entitled this, Kevin? The Greatest Shitness. It's a repeat of last season's title. It is, yeah. Uh, Today, me and the Moscow Mush will discuss the season that was, what happens going forward and those all important results for our predictions and those special awards. Kevin, tell us about the awards we have today. Well, we have them in several categories. Literally several categories. We've asked people on Twitter to vote not only for the match of the season, the player of the season, the goal of the season, the wanker of the season, and the fuck-up of the season. You could have been nominated for both of those, Kev. A wanker and fuck-up? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I should be disqualified for that reason. 
it's just not fair to everyone else. But also, for the first time, yeah, uh, thanks to our wonderful artwork throughout the season, we decided to pester everybody and run just a... Basically pissed them off all week. Well, yeah, just tagging everyone known to man. So, um, yeah, we may have lost a few followers on Twitter, but we gained a few votes for the Artwork World Cup. Uh, we'll announce the winner of that on the pod. Although it's up there on Twitter if you, if you want to look at it anyway. I don't know the results, so I'm waiting for it. But it'll be good. Um, but with all this, we can't possibly do it on our own. So we welcome back Tim. How are you, Tim? It is my wife's birthday today. So happy birthday, happy Abby. Happy birthday to Abby, the proud winner of the Wife Wars. So yeah. it's, always, it's always a great thing. But nonetheless, it's going to be 88 degrees here, so 31 degrees Celsius. And it's going to be really, really hot. And we have a special guest this week. The podcast and legend himself, Matt Markstone. Matt, thanks once again for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me on. Can't wait to discuss my preseason uh, <laughs> predictions uh, again, which, uh, you know, have gone about as well as Saints season. So, you know, they're, they're just a preview of what's coming, I guess. <laughs> You're, yeah, unfortunately out with contract this season, Matt. Uh, brought an end to the delivery podcast. It's yeah. A huge shame for all of us. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And uh, I got a lot of support and I had to do like the, you know, put the thing out, have it all say that, that we, it was done and then just kind of walk away for a couple of weeks and not really pay attention because I, I didn't want the, the pull of, uh, you know, lots of, there's lots of messages that come through and people are very supportive and, you know, most people are understanding and, and it was really, it was really nice. I think, I think with the exception of maybe I, I probably missed one or two, but I tried to reply to people and say, you know, thanks and, and stuff, at least on the, the messages that came through. Um, but I only recently read through the, uh, the stuff on Twitter and Instagram just cause it's, you know, it is kind of hard to, to walk away, but it was, uh, I think it was the right decision for me personally. And, um, at least I know the microphone still works because cause you can hear me now. <laughs> and how, how are you doing without the recording though? You are, uh, you spending your well-earned time with the family now? Yeah. You know, I, I just kind of intentionally didn't want to replace the, the show and the newsletter with any other hobby. So it was just kind of, uh, focus on what's going on at home. There's enough going on already that I was kind of missing out on. And, and it was just kind of time to, I guess it, it took me the pandemic to realize just how much time I was dedicating to the show, um, and everything. And so once life was starting to go back towards normal with kids coming back to school and all that stuff, it just, it just made sense to kind of say something has to go. And on the list of priorities, the show was, uh, you know, it was still pretty high, but I cut a, a lot of things off the bottom. So, uh, unfortunately for the show, it, it, it didn't make the cut and it's been, it's been good. Um, I've undertaken a lot of house projects since then. Um, and sleeping, sleeping a lot, which is nice. Um, it's a welcome change from how things were uh, for those four or five years I was doing the show. Well, thank you for your four years of valiant service, Matt. It's been an, an enjoyable time. But, um, yeah, we'll have to get, get you on here to, Keep your vocal cords fresh. <laughs> All right. I think I think yelling at kids will, will do that. Of course. Yeah. Matt and well, and actually Tim, you can answer this too. Um, do the US have all eyes on the Euros? Are you going to be excited for the tournament coming up? There's a me answer and then there's a we answer. So as a we as a collective whole, I would say that for those who are generally involved in watching soccer, oh wait, that's 10, 50 push-ups. That's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I'll do them. 
And then, if, yeah, so if, if they're involved and they're actively wanting to watch it, it's going to be a fantastic tournament. I think it really is. It won't get the buzz that the World Cup will get just because the U.S. isn't in it. So uh, that's that. But to me, uh, I have gone through and planned my work calendar around which games that, that I want to make sure and certain games are blocked off. Uh, I have a few days where I'm, I'm planning to cut out of work and I'm pretty sure no one who works where I work at is listening to this. So that's okay. And going through that, yeah, I definitely think that the Euros is going to have a lot of buzz and draw, but it all is dependent on who you are. It just won't get as much as the, as the World Cup. Yeah. I have to kind of agree with Tim. Normally we have summer school and I teach summer school because it's all on the computer and then I sit with multiple monitors and have the games on, but this year not doing that. Uh, so we're going to be camping a lot, but if I'm home, um, at least, you know, the early game in the day, I will be watching for sure. Um, but in, as we get later, um, those home projects have to be finished before I go back to work, to work. So, um, as much as I can, and I, I will admit, I just did the ridiculous thing and bought a, uh, a gigantic TV and Woo-hoo. just in time to watch Saints lose three, nothing to West Ham at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, it's your favorite fiction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping that spending almost as much as I spent on the plane tickets and everything to get over there would change change something about the game, but it, it ended in a disappointment again. So, uh, you know, uh, so I'll put it on there and uh, force the kids to sit through and watch, and hopefully they'll learn some some uh, European names, I guess. Excellent. Now, be honest, guys. Are you behind England, or are you having some love for Scotland with, obviously, Stu and, and Shay? I, I, I guess... Uh, I want England to win, mostly because I want my timeline on Twitter to be happy. But also, uh, Scotland's definitely, I, I, you know, I made some friends uh, from Scotland through the show. And uh, I also want them to be happy. And uh, mostly, if I'm going to be watching, uh, I'll try to just watch the, the guys from, from Southampton. And as we know, um, you know, mm. none of them are playing for England. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. We don't know just yet, do we? Yeah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> true, true. I just have a feeling. No, I'd say <laughs> I'd say Scotland is number one and a clear second in very, very, very close second will be England is number two. Um, Got to root for Scotland, personal, but also uh, for the Southampton connections. Okay. What about the, the Copa America? Is, is that a big deal? Is that nothing at all? No. <laughs> I mean, CONCACAF uh, final, uh, Nations League finals are on and I don't, I didn't realize that until it came up with my TV guide where it says, oh, you can watch the CONCACAF, uh, Nations League finals. And we're like, what? Oh wait, yeah, the US is playing it, I guess. So <laughs> it's on in the background. They're, they're playing Mexico this, the uh, Sunday evening. That's, that's the only reason anybody knows about it because we're playing Mexico. Kevin, news. You got some news to go through. We've got so much news, yeah. I think we should probably warrant um, a different podcast, ITN News. So have you heard about this story about Joe the Grocer? Yeah, it's, it's done, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he wanted, uh, what was that, $150 million for Saints. So um, he was willing to offer Gow $150 million for Saints. But then pandemic hit and he said, no, I actually just knocked $30 million off and Gow told him where to get off. Um, yeah. That is in Chinese. I'm kind of glad that it didn't go ahead. To be honest, he seems a bit a bit dodgy, borrowing all of the money, and yeah, it just looks like a recipe for asset stripping. So no thanks. Yeah, I'm right with you there. 
it's it's not as if it hasn't happened before, isn't it? No, no. Other news, uh, Southampton Women's FC. Sorry, no, not Southampton Women's FC. That's in my notes. Don't say Southampton Women's FC. Say Southampton FC Women. Yes. Um, <laughs> they have successfully fifty push-ups. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I didn't say. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've successfully applied for promotion to the FA Women's ne- National. Yeah, Premier. that's it. Yeah, uh, from the Division One Southwest. Uh, yeah, the second successive season, the season was uh, cut short due to the pandemic, and both times they were top of the table when it was undefeated as well. Undefeated. Yeah, um, so that leads them two promotions away from the Super League. So that would be painful, wouldn't it? That you'd be top of the league three. You have to do it three times to get promoted. Yeah, goodness me. But um, yeah, good luck to them uh, for next season. And, um, yeah, kind of sad news about Sam McQueen. We talked about it before on a podcast. And I suggested that uh, Saints offer him to use the facilities for him to recuperate when he uh, goes out of contract. And that's exactly what they've done. Must have um, heard us, Kev. Yeah, they, <laughs> Saints is a PR people or whoever the management must be listening to us or it's just the right thing to do. Um, so yeah, you can use uh, Staplewoods, get myself up to scratch, and yeah, maybe attract interest from a new club for him to continue his career. That is good news. Definitely, I'm wishing him a, a speedy-ish recovery. Not not too speedy though. Um, he joins some other players that have been released by Saints. Uh, Ryan Bertrand, yeah, obviously didn't renew his contract. Uh, same for Jake Hesketh, Josh Sims. Who actually, Josh Sims, there's there's talk about him going up the road to the blue lot. Yes, I've heard this. Um, but the responses I've seen from the, the skate mob seem quite reasonable. They're like, we don't care. You know, it no. seems clear. I do. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we might. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, 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 did he score against them when he was on loan at uh, Doncaster? Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, I mean... He's not going to stay there forever, is he? If he does go, I'm not too bothered about it. Um, there, there is a list of other players, some of which you may have or may not have heard of. Um, David Agbon Tahoma, Lucas Defees, Pascal Kapamua. Well done, Kev. Nathan. I've got them written down, but I thought I'm going to let Kev pronounce these. <laughs> right. uh, Kingsley Latham, uh, Cameron Ledwidge, James M- Morris. Morris. Oh, that's it, yeah. Uh, Tommy O'Connor and Tommy Scott. Uh, good luck to all of them with their continued careers. Yeah. I love how Morris was the one that held you up there, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, some Euro 2020 discussion quickly with you guys. Um, James Ward Prowse, out. Uh, what were your thoughts, Matt, on, on this? Were you, uh, were you shocked or did you think, oh, yeah, it was just typical? I thought that if anybody from the squad was going to get in, it was going to be JWP. And based on the season he had, I didn't really think there, I thought he had a, a real legitimate chance. And I was, uh, I was disappointed when it, when it came out. Um, but I guess we've seen this happen before, um, with, with players from Saints, even if they are, you know, playing well and, and deserving of a spot for some reason, they don't necessarily get the recognition that's there. Uh, granted, things are different now than, than when Letizia was trying to get into the, into the team, you know, and, um, I, I know, I, I am disappointed, um, but I guess disappointed but not surprised, I guess is the right way to put it. Tim, does he replace Trent? Do you think 
he will. Or, I mean, will Southgate throw a curveball and stick Aaron Wan-Bissaka in because, you know, we need those right backs just in case? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think that he's going to re- recognize that JWP has played right back before. And he'll be like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, uh, I'll throw him in then just because I need four right backs. That's the most appropriate thing to do. <laughs> and oh, his backup position? Yeah, it's actually center mid. Oh yeah, that's okay. But I really want a right back. That's what I really need. So I actually do think he is going to get in, uh, based on practicality, just so that they have that center mid backup. And of course, then if they play five at the back with that right wing back, for whatever reason, if something happens to Reese James, Trippier, or Kyle Walker, uh, that they can do that. I, I, I do legitimately think he's going to be in. I don't think he will. I think he's going to. I think he's going to put Lingard in. Um, and here's why: because they play Romania tonight, and I think Jesse Lingard gets the start. Lingard will come off in around the 60th minute, and James Ward-Prowse will come on, and he won't have any time to impress Southgate. He won't get any three kicks. He won't get any chances on set pieces, and it will just be a boring nil-nil game. And I think he'll go with um, Lingard. He's had a hot season for West Ham. Sorry, Matt. Just- Repeat of the other night, then, really. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tragic, really, looking at, I mean, it's going to be Kieran Trippier or Kane taking set pieces, and it's just going to be absolutely god-awful. Not I mean, going to makes... clear the first man. No, I mean, it's, it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I was, I genuinely thought he was going to make the squad, because, I mean, he's played in every England team so far this season. And what what he gives to the game, um, I mean, apparently Southgate knows, but, you know. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, Gary C was talking about Ings being left out being a fucking disgrace. I think this is a fucking disgrace. I mean, mm-hmm. the combination of Grealish just falling over at every opportunity and winning three kicks and Prousey taking them surely could get the trophy, to be honest. That's <laughs> Yeah, you've got those quick players like like Sterling and and Sancho that like to run at people. They're going to get loads of free kicks. But, mm-hmm. You know, I think even if he does go, he's not going to get in the starting lineup anyway. So unless you want to just sub him on whenever we've got a free kick, well, when we're already out of the group and it All doesn't that. really mean anything. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But England are playing Romania tonight, of course. So we'll, we'll see we'll see how uh, perhaps he gets on if at all. Um, Stuart Armstrong, he played the full 90 minutes against Portugal, um, and I think, Tim, you were watching this match, weren't you? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, it was that late, late uh, equaliser that um, took the victory away from Memphis to Pi. But yeah, how was uh, Stewie looking there? Uh, he looked fantastic. Uh, honestly, he looked like the best player out there. So I running around making everything that you saw with us and the way he plays, he played a little bit more of attacking role uh, since we was primarily being in the sixth position for the last few, like, I don't know, eight games or so, ten games. But to him, uh, to be able to dribble and press, uh, his war has basically taken that game from Southampton all the way to Scotland, and that's what they need. Uh, they need the ability to, high, you know, get up on the ball, high press, and you know, eventually get on that counter and, and take in and, and basically swing the field of play. Uh, so if they Great. were able to take it in the in the in the in the first third, bring it to the second, and even into the third into the final third, I think they can do it. And he's gonna he's gonna be fantastic. And if he doesn't start, him and Adams don't start, they're gonna be they're gonna be shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Shay did miss um, that. 
Netherlands match as a precaution after he came into contact with uh, John Fleck, who tested positive for COVID-19. So I don't know if he'll be recovered or, you know, tested off. I don't know how many tests they have to do um, when Scotland play Luxembourg tonight. Yeah, he's um, he's going to be included, apparently. Oh, okay, okay. I'll be uh, keeping tabs on that. Yeah, what Um, match that one is, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, you said Luxembourg. I'd rather not talk about Luxembourg after what they did to Ireland. But um, uh, Denmark and Poland. So um, Yannick, he played the full 90 minutes as Denmark came from behind to clinch a one-all draw with Germany. Uh, they played Bosnia tonight, and Jan Bednarek, uh, he was on the bench, but he was the 57-minute substitute in Poland's one-all draw with Russia. Uh, he didn't concede a goal in his time on the pitch, so that, well, hey. that's positive, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and they played Slovakia tonight. Um, yeah, that's the mini-international roundup. Right, OK, the 2020-21 campaign. Um, to understand our mindset and hopes going in, to the, that season, you have to go back to the 2019-20 and the fantastic end to that campaign. Undefeated in that stretch of the last seven games, which included that win against City, uh, the 2-2 draw at Old Trafford, wins against Watford, Bournemouth and Sheffield United, um, draws against Brighton and 1-1 at Goodison. Tim, I think it was fair to say that we were absolutely delighted with that 11th place going into this season. And it was hard to find anyone to say a bad word about Ralph at the start of this season. Yeah, if we remember that poll that The Athletic put out that said who is the most uh, anticipated or looking forward to the season or had the positive uh, had a positive attitude. We were right up there. We were one of the top people. And feeling that, we had, we felt that we had the momentum. We felt that we had the ability to say that Ings can continue on and do this. We're only going to strengthen it with a, with a center back. We're going to stre- strengthen it with the DM. Uh, we're going to, we're going to get Kyle Walker Peters back. We were feeling good. And then life comes <laughs> to back us and hit us in the rear. Like it normally does, and after came, we came down to probably maybe a little bit lower than where we should have been at, but it, it did just kick us in after say about November or so. Yeah, end of November. And Matt, um, after that eleventh place, what were your goals for the season? Well, I thought you know pushing maybe for the top half of the table uh, would have been kind of acceptable anywhere in there, and you know hope. I think I, I can't really remember if if I said somewhere in seventh, eighth, ninth, like I would have been happy with. But um yeah, I mean we were all we were the most positive fan base going into into the season, I think, or most uh thinking we were gonna do the best or whatever whatever that, that poll exactly said. Um but I think that all came crashing down once uh you know we conceded six goals in two games and uh looked like we had no idea how to defend. And then um yeah, I mean yeah, the the end of, of the season before, um after uh, project restart and all that stuff, I think we saw something like Ralph had time to work with the squad. We were all excited and it seemed like just a few little tweaks and a little addition. We could be there, but then we went into the season with, you know, only two fit fullbacks and, um, or just two fullbacks, I guess. And then, yeah. you know, we all saw what happened there. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Kev, the, the, the season started on a negative note, really, didn't it? With um, Audi sports, they just disappeared and leaving our main sponsor in ruins. And then we went against the grain uh, and signed a one year deal with sports bet. And of course, that would later extend. And we know that Matt has been very outspoken about that in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think it was a third um, shirt fuck up in a row, basically. <laughs> this yeah. time, maybe a little bit out of Under Armour's control. But yeah, maybe just our suspicions were justified. It kind of proved what we were saying, that it was a, a very dodgy deal um, connected with Gao. 
and as soon as they started tightening the screws on um, foreign investment, it all went belly up, much like the rest of the season. I think it was a bit <laughs> of a bellwether, really, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, but we had three new signings. Kyle Walker-Peters, Mohamed Salisu and Ibrahim Diallo all came in. Uh, we say goodbye to Hoybier, Reed, Bufau, Alfie Jones, Christoph Clara, Tyreek Magic Johnson uh, and Cornelius Hansen. They were also shown the exit. Uh, we also saw players leave on loan like Elianusi, Lamina, Hoot, Gunn, Heskiff, Sims. Obviously, Heskiff and Sims were out of contract, so their time would come to an end also. But we had quite high hopes. I mean, off the back of that 2020 season, the players coming in were players that we needed and they looked like all, you know, getting starting positions, I guess. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters having a really, really successful loan spell. For me, personally, that was, a, you know, that was the, the transfer the best one that we've had. Yeah, it's the best one we've had since things coming in. Yeah, Matt, I mean, were you still feeling confident? You know, we, we had the right manager, we had the right players. Did we have a big enough squad to cope with the rigors of this condensed season? I think it was just fullback that was really worrisome. And mm-hmm. in, in, I think that that played out. We saw how, I guess, vital uh, it was that we have fit fullbacks. And when we have to play anybody other than a you know, Bertrand or, or Kyle Walker Peters, we, we saw kind of what we lacked. And even coming into the end of the season after Bertrand, it was clear that Bertrand wasn't gonna, gonna reach a, a new deal with the club. And we started playing, uh, Salisu on, on that side. And it, the, the whole formation becomes kind of lopsided and, uh, attacks become predictable. And, you know, we didn't play particularly well, um, against teams who kind of knew what they were doing. Uh, Fulham doesn't count. And then, uh, <laughs> other, other than that, you know, yeah, I, I thought, other than fullback, we were, we were, I guess, okay. I think there were questions about center back, um, but that kind of worked itself out into the best that, that we could hope for, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it just, just fullbacks, I, I think for me. I mean, even at that point, I mean, then we didn't really see it coming because we had Jan Valerie, who seems like a, a, a viable option as, as backup, right? Back and Jake Vokins, although young, um, was ostensibly seen as, as good enough to, the Bertrand's understudy. So, yeah, I don't think we really could have foreseen uh, what was to happen next, not until, well, until January, really. Yeah, that's the point. That is a good point. Um, but, yeah, we started the season September. Pretty shitty start, to be honest. We had four games, three losses, one win. Uh, three goals scored, all by Ings. Eight conceded. Out of the League Cup already at the first hurdle. Just three points in the league. So we lost 1-0 to Palace. Out of the Cup to Brentford and 2-0 two, two loss. Uh, lost 5-2 at home to Spurs, and then we won away at Burnley. Matt, let's start with you. Was there anything that stood out for you in that month? The the high line, I think, against <laughs> Spurs that just seemed to not – it didn't it didn't really make any sense. We had done so much so well uh, at the end of, of the previous season that you, you kind of thought, hey, let's let's continue with this. And we, you know, we just basically uh, – Kane had all kinds of time to, to place on in, and it just went – like the same goal, I think, on repeat four times, and yes. it was uh, a little bit frustrating. So I remember, um, yeah, I just remember Harry Kane in a ton of space, and and if uh, if they could do that at the Euros, I think most of the you know, most of England will be happy if he can find that much space. But I don't think anybody will give it to him. I remember thinking my stream was glitching. <laughs> it was the same goal over and over again. But um, yeah, that was. I mean, people were talking about a full blown crisis at that point after what three four mm-hmm. matches. Um, which is a bit excessive, but yeah, we, we did look very open. Um, Spurs did pull up pants down. 
Yeah, I mean, and that brings me on to this, Tim. Uh, spirits were low after that, and not only, you know, losing to Palace and Brentford, but then, you know, we just didn't turn up against them. And then getting bent over at home to Spurs the way we did, I mean, there was panic. There was panic because we expected it, and this is we felt it was going to be a repeat or a rehash of the beginning of the previous year, uh, just because we knew we felt it. And we had such high expectations, so effectively we just crashed into the ground. And seeing that, we didn't know what to expect, but we felt that last year could have been just deja vu all again, over again, so September to September. It sucked, and we were we were not very happy, especially since me, I joined this podcast at the beginning of the year, of this pet, and we were just sitting there and talking like, ah, is this how it is? It's, it's, it's <laughs> shitty to have to do, do all this podcasting while your team loses all the time so So i walked into it so i walked in for the first month and uh that's how i got to know i couldn't even uh, fathom what matt had to go through during his times and the the areas when he started his podcast yeah yeah it was called club Puel, wasn't it it was managing (laughs) yeah yeah I think the more podcasts we add, we add, the the worse we do. So maybe we should all just call it a day, and we'll go back to, to almost to almost winning things. <laughs> Kev, I'm looking back now, that Burnley game was absolutely crucial. Uh, you know, at a ground that we don't normally perform well at. Yeah, I, it wasn't a, a real legendary match at all. We, who, who we cares? got the job done. Yeah, yeah. winning at Turf Moor—that's an achievement, I think. It, Maybe shut up quite a few of the naysayers and, um, yeah, the, the Ralph hashtag wasn't really trending anymore. Yeah. And at, at the end of the month, there was no surprises that Ings picked up both player and goal of the month for in that number. Um, which brings us into October. Tim, October was almost perfect. We had three games, but we had two wins and that late draw at Stamford Bridge. Plus the brilliant news that Theo Walcott came back after 14 years. Yeah, it was an unbelievable turnaround going into it. So I just can't think. It's so long ago now being able to look back at it. But when Walcott came back, we felt that he was going to rehash. He was going to be like like old times. But most of all, I think the most important thing to me was that end. Obviously, the end of the end of the the end of the September, the 26th, uh, the, the 1-0 against Burnley. And then that just picked up our momentum going into it with West Brom, uh, you know, tying Chelsea in what was probably one of, if not the best games of the season. And then just absolutely destroying Everton at home. Who were top of the league at that point as well. Yeah. And then going up four goal. Well, actually that's, that's leading into November, but, uh, (laughs) with, with, with the Villa game, but overall top of the league, Everton were looking good. Ancelotti, James, you know, the whole, the whole shebang. And we, that, we got back on that high that we thought that we were going to have throughout the entire September. Yeah. I mean, we scored seven, conceded three. So that's seven points from nine. Matt, fantastic response from a terrible start. And, and Vestergaard really picked up his form and became, you know, such a key player for us at this period. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure any of us, you know, myself included would have expected that given we all just thought he had the turning radius of uh, whatever that uh, Titanic that that well no I would I would go with the one that was stuck in the Suez Canal more recently for the for the children, um, but um, you know that it, it, I didn't really see that coming but uh, I think that game against against Chelsea was uh, you know really a standout because if you if you kind of look at at all the ways that that Spurs carved us open Timo Werner kind of did that to us I think for the first two goals mm. we fought back. Uh, we go behind again and then we get the late equalizer. Um, there's, 
that that's one of those that feels like a win a little bit and you can see like, oh, at least we can be exciting, at least we can score goals and, and you know, have some fun. Uh, and then we just kind of continued that, that run. But yeah, I, I think, uh, Vestergaard's contribution during that time, uh, was immense. And I think we, I guess, I guess, I, I guess we're all this way. We're just a little, you know, we, we tend to be sort of reactive when we see performances like that and then wonder why it doesn't happen all the time. And it's just, you know, that's, it's not going to happen all the time. And at some point, if you keep conceding those goals, you'll, you'll stop scoring them and then you're, you'll be in some trouble, which is, uh, kind of where things are headed, I guess. Yeah, and then at the end of that month, uh, Vestergaard, player of the month, and Romeu's goal, Kev, uh, the unexpected volley from the edge of the box against West Brom. I know you, you like that one. That is my favourite of the season. I mean, it's just, it defies every law of um, physics and <laughs> expectations as well. Is that Romeu? <laughs> Yeah, I was, what, what is he doing? It's sort of my tie, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know whether that was really his intention, but he just, just yeah, hoofs it into the goal. Wonderful. And yeah, Vestergaard using his head as well for a start. Uh, though, you know, we thought all this time we've got this six foot seven defender, but he's not scoring headers. And then suddenly he starts getting on the end of uh, Prousey set pieces and uh, to brilliant effect. It's a, a shame, really, that um, it didn't happen more often throughout the season. I suppose he was injured and that. But, mm. um, yeah, looking back, I can't remember any more recent examples of uh, those kind of goals. November. What a month November was. That The confidence that we all had, and, and obviously the players, it topped the table on the 6th. Stopped the camp. Yeah, it, it didn't last long, but I mean, we, we sure as hell made sure everybody else knew about, knew about it. Um, started with that 4-3 win um, away to Villa. 2-0 win against Newcastle, drew with Wolves, and then that late heartbreak loss um, at home to Man United in the 92nd minute, I believe. But we picked up a further seven points out of 12. We scored nine, conceded seven, and Walcott got off the mark. Kev, top of the league. We all had fun, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, we didn't really think it was going to last particularly long. I don't think we we thought we were going to see out the weekend top of the league even. But, um, yeah, define expectation and... Um, yeah, just showing what a good team we can be, and yeah, that was the the, the highest of the highs of the season. Uh, just made the lowest of the lows later on in the season so much more bitter. Yeah, I suppose. Matt and Tim, did you see it that way? Uh, honestly, once we saw, we got smacked down by Man United in that the the last minute. Like you said, it was not, it's the ninety ninety plus two. You were yeah. correct, and with for the Cavani just coming in and taking us out. Uh, I mean, a bit, a bit of revenge from the season before when Oberfemi did it. Yeah, yeah. It, it brought me back down to what I would find is realistic expectations because you you're going to get the games where against other mid-table teams where Wolves are you know they were tied one-one. You expect that you want to beat Newcastle and you're going to have some upsets and play really well in some games. So overall, it didn't. I was thinking it brought us kind of just compressed those shitty things that you felt in September the amazing things you felt in October and kind of combine them all to that. Once you hit the first, you know, once you hit first in the table, that's fantastic. But then after that, uh, it made me feel, re- it was much more realistic. Matt, did you, did you get, were you like happy with the, the top of the table? Did you have fun with it? Or did you just think, I like, you know, let's, 
let's let's not get carried away here. No, I think I think if you're not going to get at least a little bit carried away, and and just understand that it's probably not going to last, but you got to enjoy it while it happens because it doesn't happen, yeah, you know, sure. all that often, right? Like so so somehow thinking that that was going to be the way the where we're going to stay the rest of the year, I think that the signs are clear that was not going to happen. Um, but but looking at the matches, I was so I think the angriest I was at least to that point in the season was after the Aston Villa game because I thought like yes we won and yes there were seven goals and it was quite exciting if you were a neutral but there were so many I think all the cracks were were very visible there and to allow the the fact that we scored four goals or whatever to to overshadow um, kind of the the problems that we had in the team I think I I, I, mean, I don't think I've ever been that angry. Um, after mm. after a you know of scoring four goals and getting a win, um, but then we, we we did continue with a win over Newcastle, which uh, is good. It wasn't away, which doesn't ever seem to happen really. Mm. Um, <laughs> the draw with Wolves, and then and then when Cavani scores, you we've we've seen that before. You know, experienced center forward, good movement. Um, you know, find space between uh in between defenders and and, and manages to score, and that's just. Kind of what happens, and it, it is gutting. But um, I, you know, we that we talked about seeing the same goal over and over and over against Spurs. We've seen that goal over and over and over. Just insert different center forward, different color shirt, and that that seems to happen to us late. So uh, wasn't surprised, but uh, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, I just think the, the the cracks were there, and we were kind of uh, maybe skating by a little bit and uh, getting you maybe getting a little carried away. But you have to enjoy it while you can. Absolutely, we were. We made sure of that. Um, well, uh, plus uh, Ings, he also he got injured in that match against Villa as well, and missed um, the rest of the month. And we thought that, well, after that second half performance against Villa, we must be screwed then from from now on. But we proved that we do have options up top with um, the win against Newcastle. So I, you know, still still scoring goals, still treading water, still being in games, and and yeah, and you know. Probably deserved a draw against Man United. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, James Ward-Prowse won Player of the Month, and Ings's goal against Aston Villa got Goal of the Month. Um, December busy as always in December. Six games started the month well again. Uh, wins against Brighton probably shouldn't have won that game because we had a penalty in the last minute, I believe. <laughs> yes. Um, and Sheffield United, of course, when the fans returned to St Mary's and witnessed probably the most comfortable win of the season, I would say. Um, and Kev, personally, for us, we recorded our 100th episode uh, and Walcott ah. scored against his old club. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, yeah. so the 2-1 Brighton, 3-0 Sheffield United, drew 1-1 with Arsenal, lost a tight game against Man City uh, and then ended the month pretty bad with a 0-0 draw to Fulham and West Ham. But Tim, losing that tight game to City 1-0, you know, that was it. That was the end of our good form then because, you know, we failed to score there. And it continued that way for the rest of the month because we had those awful games against Fulham and West Ham. Yeah, and you expect not to have the best game against City. Uh, the problem is, is the moment it was the momentum that really just took us in. So not to, being able to capitalize on Arsenal, and then you know going into Fulham, West Ham, zero zero snooze fest games that you tend to forget about until you look past back at it. Kev actually did forget about it. <laughs> I really forgot that a match ever happened. <laughs> yeah, that's the, and that's the point where it separates you from being a good team versus a great team is being able to scrap away during midweek games, during the Christmas holiday, during Boxing Day. Those games where you are compact schedules, tight frames, 
it just it did us into a point that made us feel more mid table than anything else. More so than even obviously the 2021, which I'm going to be happy to forget about here once 2022 happens. But it just it it really it really stunk. And then even the even in the Liverpool game going into January, it we did not play very well for that entire four or five game span from leading from Man City all the way through even even up to the Liverpool game. Yeah, I mean, we, we scored six, conceded three, nine points from a possible 18. Matt, you said that, you know, that, that game against Aston Villa, you could see that, you know, the wheels were starting to fall off. Could you sense that it was going to get as bad as it did from that Man City loss onwards? No, I don't, I don't think it, uh, I thought it was going to be as bad as it was. Um, but I think it's, I maybe have too much faith in, in Ralph and the job that, that he was, I thought he was going to be able to do. And I still do have faith in Ralph. I've never been kind of, uh, you know, jumped on the Ralph out thing necessarily, but that's, that's mostly because I'm not sure where, where else we're going to go. That's going to be better in the long term. But, um, but no, uh, you know, I, I didn't really think we were going to, we were going to kind of, <laughs> I'm looking at just the results and it's just red, red, red all the way yeah. down. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Um, but no, I, I thought, you know, it, even though we lost the city, you know, it was relatively tight. You expect, like, like Tim said, you expect that to be that way. Uh, but then, and, and also like, Games coming in a quick succession. When we do as much running as we do, and we do as much pressing as we do, we don't we don't tend to necessarily have the, uh, I guess the the energy levels that we would need. And it, for some reason, it just never seemed to kind of to kind of line up. But I do particularly, I think, remember that West Ham game just being really boring. Like mm. there was it was just pretty awful. Um, and and I think that that showed as well. But then I think that was, you know, yeah, I I, I think that's where I was at at that point. I think I would have taken that boring one in the last game of the season, though, rather than the way out, the way we went out. But never mind. Um, our player of the month was Kyle Walker Peters, and uh, goal of the month was Walcott's chip against Arsenal. Um, and then January was another jam-packed month. We started great by beating Liverpool, as Tim had said. Um, we won two FA Cup games, but ended the month losing two. And again, that you know just seemed to get worse and worse the next five months would be dreadful very very little to cheer about five goals scored five conceded and of course that Villa game uh, was the occasion where Mike Dean got it horribly wrong with the Ings offside um, and the weeks following he, he would take a break from the sport because of online abuse and he'd even get death threats um, Slattery, Vokins, Long and Valerie left on loan and Takumi Minamino came in so we had that 1-0 win against Liverpool, lost 2-0 to Leicester, beat Shrewsbury and Arsenal in the FA Cup. And then we went into a lot, went and lost to Arsenal in the league and then lost to Villa. Matt, I think me and Kev spent January constantly swearing and generally being miserable, <laughs> d- despite two FA Cup victories. I mean, were you the same at this point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this is a, a pretty terrible run. And one of those ones where you start to, as much as you can support Ralph and think that we're doing the right thing with, uh, by, you know, having him in the, in that spot. It, it was very clear that, that things were not going well. And, uh, you know, it, it was disappointing that we just couldn't seem to, to shake that or change it. And, um, yeah, it, I, I do remember sitting there watching that Leeds fixture. Um, that's one of those things where I'm at work, so I can't be you know, super vocal about how I feel because I'm supposed to be teaching. Um, but it was on zoom and so I had it on a different screen and it was just like, it just, we just couldn't, couldn't deal with it. And, and from there on, there was just not much to, to, to cheer about. And that's honestly, 
uh, Tim was talking about the, you know, the coming on and then having this kind of not great season. That's one of those runs where you're just like, okay, can I, can we just find a new way to analyze how crap we are <laughs> and uh, can we find a new way to talk about it and can we just get through it? And, um, at some point it seemed like we were all putting in more effort than some of the, some of the members of the team. Um, and I also think that January transfer window really didn't do us any favors. Um, absolutely not. No. Uh, yeah, with, with the, especially with the two young fullbacks leaving, even though they hadn't played much for us. Um, we got Minamino in, but I, I'm not really sure what impact that had on the season overall, I guess. No, no, not at all. Um, minimal. Minimal. Min- min- yeah. <laughs> Very good, Kevin. Um, player of the month was Kai Walker Peters again, and goal of the month was Ings, that Liverpool lob. Um, so February, if you thought January was bad, well then, you ain't seen nothing yet because the wheels well and truly fell off. Uh, still progressed in the cup against Wolves at Molyneux, only to see, you know, days later lose to them in the league. Um, but that, you know, the biggest disappointment of the season has to be that 9-0 loss at Old Trafford. Jankovic saw red early, six goals scored the whole month, 17 goals conceded in six games. So the 9-0 to United, lost 3-2 to Newcastle, progressed in the cup against Wolves, then lost in the league. Draw with Chelsea, uh, and then that 3-0 loss to Leeds. Kevin, it, it's hard to think about anything other than that 9-0 slapping, but there was some good news in February for us personally, because we had the pleasure of chatting to Klaus Lindigvam on the show. Yes, yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, I think that was definitely light, light relief for our listeners. Um, but yeah, that January, and if there were some positives in that January that was bookended by beating the reigning champions and uh, winning two successive cup games. Um, yeah, then February, I mean, it was quite soon after the cash in hand match, wasn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. That 9-0 was on Groundhog Day. And yeah, it was just unbearable. I mean, I, I don't... Is there any other team around that collapses quite like Saints? Uh, I can think of one in League One. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean they they just do it consistently. But you know, I mean we can have some some great games, and we've got some brilliant, really good games to talk about in the season. There's just not that many of them, and we've got a few absolute fucking stinkers. And yeah, obviously the nine is going to stand out because it's a significant figure that everyone never tires talking about. But yeah, there were just some even more drab performances like. Um, losing 3-2 to Newcastle when they were effectively down to nine men uh, towards mm. the end of the match and still being completely impotent. Yeah, uh, losing to Wolves and, and they weren't particularly good either. Losing uh, to newly promoted Leeds at Ellen Road, like the way, well, the way that well, we did, it was... They were a good side. Yeah, they're going to score a lot of goals, but they're also going to concede any, and we, we just didn't create anything in that Leeds game. It was just, yeah. But uh, Tim... Just how bad was February? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm blanking on it because I just drank a lot during it. <laughs> it was really, really bad. Uh, honestly, I'm, if, if it wasn't for that, the, the, the Southampton Chelsea game that went with the, with the draw there, uh, I think Ralph would have been fired here pretty soon thereafter if he had another Leeds and if he had, if he had a loss against Leeds and a loss against Everton, he would have been fired. He he said that saving grace against Chelsea there. I don't know how he did it, but I'll take it. Yeah, but we still we were still in the cup. We were still there. Um, and then we went into March, and yeah, as you say, we lost lost to Everton one nil. 
Uh, very, 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 very important game against Sheffield United. Uh, 1-2-0. Uh, and then that 5-2 loss at the Etihad. Uh, Brighton lost to Brighton at home. That was awful. Uh, the FA Cup quarter final saw us beat Bournemouth 3-0. Eight goals scored. Eight conceded. Three points from possible 12. But we still progressed in the FA Cup to the semi-finals. Uh, but Matt, more misery. Uh, mixed with some bright spots, I suppose. You know, the Bournemouth one in the cup, meaning we were heading to Wembley for the semi against Leicester. Uh, Adams going on a scoring spree in Danny's absence. And we all, I mean, we were all expected to be beat by championship chasing Man City at the Etihad. But, you know, the real kick in the teeth was that home defeat to Brighton. Yeah, I think we think back to earlier in the season, maybe we we said we didn't really deserve to win that one necessarily. But uh, I think... I don't particularly remember that that Brighton game standing out. I just remember being disappointed, but it's not the first time I've been disappointed with the way we've uh you know played against Brighton, especially um you know I, I would like to think and I still do think we are the best team on the south coast without any kind of uh without really any debate but when we, when you play I think like that and lose to Brighton, then maybe you don't get to say that for a little while until you go and beat somebody else but um yeah i once again, we just seem to be kind of in the middle of, of not not playing well, not playing consistently. And uh, when you have teams down that are down at the bottom of the table, uh, the hope is that you can just kind of do enough to get by and pick up points. And we just didn't do that. No, we did not. Um, but Kev, we also had Dean Hammond on the show, which was um, which was brilliant because I mean Matt would know how what a good guest he is. But yeah, he was um, he was fantastic. Um, and player of the month was Shea, of course, and the goal of the month was that wonder goal from Shea against Sheffield United, which was probably my favourite, spoiler alert. Um, April, hugely disappointing month again. Uh, yes, we came back from 2-0 down to beat Burnley, but our performance against West Brom and our FA Cup semi just left me feeling a little bit blue, I guess. And then the news of the European Super League broke, and, you know, not only was our season over at that point, because, you know, we were... We were just hanging on to that FA Cup, but we had nothing to play for then. Um, things would get worse still. You know, we lost at the death to Spurs. Um, five goals we scored, nine conceded, four points from 12. Tim, that West Brom game was dreadful, truly dreadful. Um, tell us about that game. No, I don't want to tell you about that game. <laughs> it was so bad when you look at it and we just um, – is this is that the game that's going to – Big Sam's going to keep them up? Is that the game that's going to finally do us in? It it just was so bad. I, I just mean, think they wanted it more than us. Because we, as I yeah. said, we had nothing to play for at that point. Absolutely. And it's weird because Cal Robinson scored that game and the only team that he scores against is Chelsea. So <laughs> I, I just, I just thought that through, looked at it and we went down 2-0 in the first half and, oh God, it, we just couldn't do anything and it sucked. I mean, I think we could have forgiven the display if we came up with the goods at Wembley. But, you know, we were overcome by the occasion, I guess. I know we just didn't turn up. And I think Leicester were there for the taking in that semi. And then, you know, conceding a late penalty against Spurs. Um, but, you know, we did play well in that Leicester game in the league um, and almost held them off with 10 men. But, you know, just couldn't. We, we drew 1-1 there. But, guys, do we take any solace out of the fact that in the FA Cup we got beat by the eventual winners? Uh, nah. <laughs> no. No. No, it's all around. OK. Uh, Super League was on everyone's thoughts and... If I'm honest, it kind of took the sting out of our semi-final loss um, because suddenly football was broken and it paled, I don't know, in insignificance to the weeks that would follow. Did do the double over Burnley, though? We did. We did. We did. But, yeah, Super League. I think, you know, 
that that announcement coming out. I think there had been talks about it for a while. Um, in in terms of this was always going to be something that was put forward or had been put forward in the past, but never the teams hadn't quite gone for it. Uh, I thought that the coverage, especially I think from the Athletic, they did a pretty good job of breaking it down, the different reasons that teams were going into it. But it really did just show how kind of disconnected um, even owners that that we I guess we would see as as being kind of pretty invested in their club were were from their fans and the reaction from some of the fan bases. Um, you know, you never want to see any sort of violence or anything like that, but the reaction for the fan base is to go and protest and, um, kind of get that. I, I think put some pressure on, on teams like, uh, like, like Chelsea and City to, to pull out of that. I think we're, we're super important. And I think there's going to be some, some lasting damage. And I think there are people who, um, you know, the, I guess the legacy fans, uh, <laughs> they're, they're going to, to, to be a little bit jaded. Um, and, and rightly so because they, you know, they have a connection to, to football and their club that, that goes deeper than any owner can ever have. And, and to have, to be treated that way and to, to have that be done to them, um, in a season where they couldn't really get in to watch their team or do that stuff is, is, doesn't seem to be appropriate to me. Um, and, and I guess I do at some point feel partially responsible, uh, not because I was encouraging it, but I'm the, I am the new fan, right? I'm the, I'm the person who this is marketed to and broadcast to, and mm. there are people who, who uh you know the, the premier league is 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 plastered all over the place and if uh no matter what the pundits say on tv if the super league would have gone ahead the us would have uh picked up some rights and 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 shoved it down our throats and in a season or two it's likely that people would have been watching and we would have talked about oh you know oh do you remember when this happened it wasn't that great but hey look at the football it's fantastic and you know just more man united more man united fans which is um, you know, not what I want, but that that would just be what happens. Okay, right into May then. Lost two 0 to Liverpool. Uh, beat Palace three one. Beat Fulham three uh, one. Lost two 0 to Leeds and lost three 0 to West Ham to end the campaign. Uh, those three one victories over Palace and Fulham were so crucial because you know we were safe from the drop. The last two games were just just fucking awful. Six goals scored, nine conceded for the month. Me and Kevin discussed at length last week about how disappointed we were with that West Ham game. Um, just lazy individuals seemingly given up. M- Matt, I mean, being the big West Ham guy that you are, how bad was that to watch? Well, as I, I think I said earlier, I bought the big screen TV. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually got it because I wanted to have a friend over for the Champions League final because we, you know, both vaccinated all that stuff. We could actually see each other. Um, and he was the last person that I watched, uh, I had watched the a previous Champions League final with him. Um, so I decided actually I'm going to put it up this weekend, you know, on Saturday, stayed up late, put it up, got up on Sunday morning, ready to watch, sat on the couch, got coffee and just kind of went like, what am I doing? Uh, why did I do this? This is the exact, all, all of the, uh, all of the emotion uh, as like showing up in England you know, going to the game, all those emotions were there again because it was brand new and something that was exciting and just the same result. And, um, yeah, I, I was, by the end of it, I, I made sure I watched the whole thing just so I could say, you know, I stayed till the end, but, um, there was plenty, uh, I, I kind of wanted to just go walk outside and, and just not pay attention to it anymore. But, um, you know, I, once again, I think we, we saw, what what it was like when we came up against a team that that could play and and was playing for something and we clearly weren't um and you know West Ham West Ham did it to us I uh, wish I do wish Lingard actually would have done a little better uh could have helped me fantasy wise but you know oh, oh well <laughs> uh, we'll just we'll 
we'll take the four nulls. Uh, I think he was him who scored twice. I think. It but, was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said to Kev as well that last week the the only good thing out of that game was Romeu coming back. So it was it's good to see him back in the side. Um, yeah, Kev, those three one wins against Palace and Fulham were were massive. Um, we obviously went one nil down to Palace very early on, but we turned that around. You know, without those games, oh my God, can you imagine how bad we would have felt in this off season? You know, safe or not. Yeah, I mean, if we were completely bereft of the ability to turn games around, we wouldn't have um, beaten Burnley, we wouldn't have beaten Palace. And, yeah, would that have been enough to keep us up? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Probably wouldn't but, have deserved yeah. to stay up. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of um, uh, fans are saying just that, that, you know, uh, <laughs> really did deserve to go down with a lot of the performances and the number of goals we conceded. But... Um, yeah, I think we just needed to, to to show up in those two matches, secure our status, and you know have some shred of dignity remaining going into the next season. <laughs> this is positive, isn't it? <laughs> really positive. Um, uh-huh. Player of the month was Nathan Teller, and goal of the month was Nathan Teller's tapping against Fulham. I'm guessing that that one just because of the moment and you know being his first goal and all that. Um, but yeah, fin- <laughs> finished fifteenth, forty three points, twelve wins, seven draws, nineteen losses. A goal difference of minus 21. Fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, we, I mean, we mentioned it last week, how many goals we can see. It was 68 goals conceded as a top flight record for us. Just awful. Um, I'll do some stats and I'll do some questions for you guys and see if you can answer this. Are you up for this? Um, okay. okay. Yeah, it's probably not going to go well, but go for it. Who had more assists, Adams or Ings? Adams, I guess. I'm going to go with Adams. It was. Adams had five, Ings had four. You're not cheating now, are you? No, no. Okay. Who had more shots, Gineppo or Teller? Gineppo, I guess. You're going Gineppo. I'll say, I'll say Gineppo. Gineppo, 18. Teller, 16. Oh, it's closer. They're all closer close. They're all close. Uh, who had more blocks, Stevens or Vestergaard? I'm going to say Vestergaard. You, could, you both go in Vestergaard, yeah? I didn't yeah. Know. Okay. Yeah. No, it was Stevens. 41 blocks for Vestergaard's 38. Uh, no, it was. Uh, tackles, Armstrong, Bertrand. Armstrong. Um, well, they've got one each, haven't they? Um, Bertrand. <laughs> Bertrand by one, 71 to 70. Uh, and best pass completion, Redmond or Walcott? Walcott. That sounds good. It would have to be Walcott, wouldn't it? But it's not. It's Redmond, 75.9 to Walcott, 72.4. They're <laughs> not very good. It's not very good. <laughs> so, I mean, throughout the season, uh, Ralph has been switching between Alex McCarthy and Fraser Forster. And, you know, looking at their performances, who... Do you think should be the first choice keeper next season? I, you know, honestly, I have I have no idea. I'm not sure either one of them has has really proven to me that they should be uh, the number one. There are rumors that that Gun will be sold, uh, but I I don't I don't think that that switching the keepers as we as we've done has has really shown me that either one deserves to to be the number one. If I had to pick my favorite, I, I think I have very fond memories of Fraser Forrester. It doesn't mean he's the 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 guy to to do it to carry us forward. I do you know neither one of them is particularly great um, with the ball at their feet. Uh, they both have their their issues. Then and, and really I think neither one of them has seemed to progress or grow in the areas where they need to develop. Um, McCarthy seems to always have an instance where he will come for a cross when he doesn't need to, and he will miss, and then that leads to a moment of panic. Um, you know Fraser Forrester. 
isn't, you know, we talked about Vestergaard being six, seven and, and not heading goals or, or heading balls into towards the goal or whatever. Um, Fraser Forster, as big as he is, doesn't, doesn't command the respect that, that we need in that, in, in the box sometimes. And, uh, that is frustrating. And I always, you know, after watching him kind of have that, that knee injury, uh, from before, I, every time he kicks the ball, I just assume, uh, or, or not, uh, not assume. I, I, I'm kind of like hoping that it doesn't happen. Like I'm worried that it's going to happen again. So, um, I, and I'm not really sure we answered any questions truly, which is, I, I think the most frustrating part about the whole thing. I think for me, I think they're both as good or as bad as each other. But when it comes to something as, as close as this, and I, it is close because obviously Ralph doesn't, he doesn't favor either of them. I think, you know me, Kev, I always look at stats for things, especially like this. And if you look at any stat, not just advanced stats, but just normal stats, like a shot percentage saved, Fraser Forster comes out on top on nearly everything. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, I don't know. If if we've got money to spend, I think, in truth, I think we need to buy another goalkeeper. Because I don't think that, I think they're both solid backups, but not great starters at this point. But if you had to choose between the two of them, I'd probably just give it to Forster, just about. Yeah, I mean, it does involve selling two keepers, though, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. I mean, just uh, I mean, the, you talk about stats here. Um, yeah, but Maka in the league at least, thirty appearances, conceded fifty-seven goals, uh, seven mm. clean sheets. Uh, Fraser Forster only eight appearances, uh, but then eleven conceded and two. You also have to look at the, the teams that they've played against and, you know, the wins that we had against the teams that they were playing in. And it might favour Forster a little bit in terms and, of, like, you know, not going to the Etihad or not going to Anfield, etc. Or, you know, not being on the end of a certain result. Exactly. And yeah. Speaking of clean sheets. Did you know that one in four men over 40 suffers from urine leakage? Tenor for Men is trusted by millions of men. Discreet, comfortable and affordable solution to keep you dry and your sheets clean. Visit tenor.co.uk forward slash men and use the code number for your free sample. Don't let urine leakage take away control. Take back control of your area with Tenor Men. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to respond to that. <laughs> well, I mean, they've really moved on in their marketing since they sponsored that Chinese massacre in the 1980s, I must say. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. The big question, Matt, you may have alluded to it earlier, but I just want to get your, your thoughts on it. Ralph in or out? I, I think he stays. I, I'm not sure my reasoning is is as... I think you could probably make a case either way. But for me, if I look at, at kind of what the plan is and what the, the players we have, I think there are things that need to be done behind the scenes before any manager is going to be, you know, quote unquote, successful with us. And uh, if the playbook is there and we're still, uh, you know, using that idea, the B team doesn't seem to be doing all that well, honestly. Um, but if we're going to, to be on this project, like I'm in for it, I'm willing to to, to suffer through it. Um, but I think, you know, maybe coming from a baseball background where you suffer through, you know, seasons where the farm team is developing and it takes time. I think that's fine. You stick with the manager. Um, that was one of the things that always shocked me when I came to, uh, to start watching football is how over the course of a season, I think, I think relegation plays a, a point in this or the threat of relegation, 
the the idea that that you would change managers kind of so frequently that it seems to be everybody's gone in two or three years. Uh, anything more than that is 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 kind of out of the ordinary. Um, but it, I don't necessarily think that changing the manager is going to give us the long-term sustained results that we need. Uh, we are safe. Uh, we, we made it. We, you know, hopefully next year is different. But if we don't actually invest in the squad, then I, you know, it's going to be difficult to see us really doing much better for very long, even if we do have a, a couple of matches where we, you know, get, sneak out or eke out a win or something of that nature. Okay, well then, how long do you think he has? Or, you know, what does he have to do for you to change your opinion on this? Well, I would have said lose by a fairly large margin on like a Tuesday uh, instead of a Friday, but we did that and he still stayed. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I guess, I, I think actually what would, would do it more for me is if the results didn't really go in for only losing one nothing, 2 nothing, or something like that, but the 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 players that we have aren't continuing to progress. If we continue to see the kind of lack of cohesion going forward uh, and kind of the same repetitive mistakes defensively, which granted we saw most of this season, I think at this point, if he's had, you know, multiple summers, uh, granted there was, there was time where they couldn't train together and all that stuff. But if, if he's had that time and the ideas still aren't coming across, then maybe you have to say, okay, this is enough. This is time. Like he, he, he's obviously not being able to clearly communicate the ideas um, to the players, and I think that is is something that that I guess I would I would look at. Um, but I'll be honest, you know, in April when I put out that the show was going to be you know done, um, I, I I I somewhat divorced myself from some of the the daily kind of ins and outs and, and tried to take myself off of Twitter and stuff like that just to kind of not be as just not be as involved with it just because I needed to kind of step away for, for, uh, you know, uh, different reasons. But, um, it, you know, looking at the results, looking at, at some of the performances, I think the things that I, I would criticize Ralph for and say maybe you move on now from him, I think those were there. And I think that the only difference will be that this is multiple summers, multiple seasons, um, if if it's not working, it doesn't mean that Ralph's not a good manager. It doesn't mean that we don't have good players. It just means that it's not a match that uh, that's as good as we as I was hoping it was. And and then I think that's okay. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I just think there's you know problems that we've got extend beyond him. You know, it's more the whole club as a whole, as, as as a whole that's that's the issue. And I don't think I'm with you. I think he's going to stay. But I, I think I've said to Kev that if he's if the results don't start coming by October, then I think they will be looking for somebody else. Fan pressure as well. When the fans back in the stadium, they're going to be um, able to you know give their opinions a bit more vocally than before. Kevin, yes, shitners. Holy Mary. Results. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> this is the one that you've all been waiting for. Um, we finally got it down to four choices of uh, ITN 90, Vesta Guardian of the Galaxy, 91, Che Adams Family. One 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 Wreck It Ralph and one hundred and sixteen Lord of the Inks and uh Che Adams family has won it. So that's wow. officially our best artwork. I did not see that coming. You know, we no. almost didn't include it even. <laughs> I know. Oh wow, well, I vote I voted for Vesta Guardian of the Galaxy. I did too. That that that's probably like one of my favourites along with um Solop Tots and two smoking cup ties. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What about uh, yours? I I appreciated Lord of the Ings, um, <laughs> yeah. mostly because we had started. We watched you know, we watched all the the Marvel movies over over last summer and all that stuff. But 
uh, we started to watch Lord of the Rings right around the time uh, that that came out. And so it just coincided nicely. Um, I never liked the Adams family and I've seen Wreck-It Ralph too many times to, to, to ever want to see it again. So it just kind of like, it was more about the movie than anything else. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it, but uh, you know, like most things, uh, what I like didn't win, which is how I feel supporting Saints. <laughs> um, incidentally, Tim's favorite uh, was Finding Minamino. Ah, okay, yeah, that's that was surprising. That that almost uh, made the, the the final, didn't it? it yeah, I think I voted for that in the semi. I like that one. That's a good one. Um, player of the season, Kevin. Player of the season, the big one. Mm. Um, so we narrowed it down to four choices, and this was tough because uh, we left out. Best of God, but I, I think that's warranted, to be honest. Um, Carl Walker Peters, James Ward Prowse, Danny Ings, and Stuart Armstrong. And guess who wins with 70.4% of the votes? I'm going to go Prowse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty much academic, really, isn't it? Uh, yes. Well deserved. Get him on that fucking bus or train or whatever it is. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tim's favourite as well. Tim's vote. Yeah. yeah, I think. Can anyone really? I mean, I'm surprised to be honest that um, Armstrong and uh, KWP gets many points considered. Goal of the season. Goal of the season. Yes. Okay. Um, we we narrowed it down to four. I thought this was going to be a bit more controversial. Um, we got Romeo's against West Brom, Ingsy's against Aston Villa, Prowse's free kick against Newcastle. And uh, Shea Adams is one to strike against Sheffield United. Uh, we did leave out the Ings goal against Liverpool. Yeah, to uh, my to my disgust, by the way. Really? Yeah, because it wasn't a better goal than uh, the Romeo's volley was not a better goal than than Ings's lob against Allison. Mm, okay, but we do get this question, and plus he's already won the goal of the season from the club for us. Yeah, the, the official goal of the season from the club does not even get into our top four. Now, oh, controversial. Well, it's a game of opinions, guys. It's a game yeah, of opinions. Right. Definitely. But, um. No, I just I thought mean, we'd get a backlash from it. I, I just, I was expecting I, a lot of people to be like, why can't you, why can't you put that one in? And, and it's not as if people weren't fighting, you know, we got quite a few votes in. Um, yeah, Matt, what, would that be your four? I mean, <laughs> which would you go for? Well, I don't know. I think that, uh, that Ings goal, I think just typifies Danny Ings, um, that goal should not go in. Uh, I think there are different camera angles and stuff and, and pictures where the ball just looks like it's clearly going in into the stands and somehow he makes it work. Uh, and it shows, you know, it, it coming from Ward Prowse on the set piece. I think all of it um, is great, but it's also one of those goals that's not necessarily like, uh, I don't know. I like, I like, I personally like goals where the, the team works the ball in. I, I don't mind if it's a tap in, if the play leading up to it is nice. Um, which, which isn't very many of the goals that we score. So, um, you know, I, I think you could pick any of the Ward Prowse free kicks. Um, you know, the, you can give him the, 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 the award because it, it also wins the award for getting most people copyright struck and kicked off Twitter or Instagram because, <laughs> um, you can't put up a, a picture of, of any of his goals or a goal, a, a video without, without some, someone coming for you. Hence um, why I've never yeah. done it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, full, uh, full Jankovitz with the, uh, the way the Premier League comes after you with, uh, if you do that. Mm. Yeah, although, I mean, quote, tweet. you can't quote tweet. That's not as fun. 
has to be yours. It has to be your numbers. Okay. Not, <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't give anybody else credit, even if you're posting the same thing that 4,000 other accounts are claiming that is exclusive. <laughs> uh, you have to watermark it as well with your... Um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it should just be a giant penis. It should be the one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's a kid show. No. Oh, it's not a family no. show. No. Yeah. Okay, anyway, goal of the month. So, um, yeah, last place, unexpectedly, Romeo's goal against West Brom. Uh, tied in second, Ings against Villa, and Adams is against Sheffield United. The winner is Prousey's free kick against Newcastle. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I, I, I would have said Adams. But, yeah, Tim also went for the... James Wood Prowse free kick. Well, you know where my loyalties stand. Uh, where are we going next? No, we've got to do match first. Um, our, our choices of match the season were that uh, 3-3 draw against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, the uh, I've got Aston Villa 4, Saints 3. That's not how it finished. <laughs> it was, uh, Aston it was Villa 3, Saints 4, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth 0, Saints 3, and uh, Saints 3, Burnley 2. And it was fairly close, but um, Aston Villa 3, Saints 4 does win it. That's just a crazy, crazy game. Mm, okay. I think I'd argue that and say that Burnley was my favourite one because it was a team that, that has hurt us in the past. It was We were 2-0 down, and we did something that we don't normally do. It's normally the reverse, right? We're normally leading and, and, and end up fucking it up. But something that we did, a crucial part of the season as it was, we needed that win to go 2-0 down and to win the way we did, and you know the Danny Ings goal against um, when he put uh, Tarkovsky on his ass, I just think yeah. yeah, I remember it very very well, and I, I I'd argue that that was my uh, match of the season because I mean like Matt said at the start that Villa one, he was he said he was angry after you know being four nil up and then conceding three late goals, it was you could sense that things were starting to go wrong. Mm-hmm. As much as it was good for for a neutral. Yeah, I, I don't know. The Burnley one left me more more satisfied. Yeah, well, I, I think it's the same kind of thing where if you if you maybe maybe you go undefeated uh, all the way through November, you know, but if you lose every game after that, your the season is soured. So the fact that we went three 0 up and then conceded, or sorry, we went four 0 up and then conceded those goals. I'm um, looking at your result or your poll here. That's why I did that. Um, you know, the, if you do that and then. I left that game being upset, but if you do, if you just reverse it, if you, if you start poorly and then finish the season strongly, that I guess maybe that's recency bias that kind of plays into your mind a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't pick that Villa game. Uh, even though it, it was exciting as a neutral, that would have been great, but, um, I, I need, I need the team to, to finish on a high, I guess. So, so it'd probably be the Burnley game, although I did appreciate the Chelsea game a lot. Um, and there are, quite frankly, are a lot more Chelsea fans around where I'm at. So, um, to be able to look at them and say, like, you know, sorry. And the fact that we drew with the, the eventual, uh, you know, European champions, I think, says something as well. Sure. Um, okay. the granted, granted well. they had they had Lampard, so uh, not not quite <laughs> the same. But we did draw with them again later on. We did, yeah. Kev, what was yours? Uh, mine actually was the um, 3 0 win over Bournemouth away, just because it was such a positive occasion. I went and watched it with the Russian Saints supporters. Um, and just, yeah, shutting that crowd up who think it's a derby. Um, Redmond's back on form. You know, our, our season was still in the cup, uh, going through into the semi-final trip to Wembley. Um, just really good times. So, and it was like right in the middle of, of the, the shittest part of the season as well. Um, so, yeah, my own personal reasons there, but that got my point. Good point. Yeah. Um, Tim's was, uh, 
well, as you see, so he says a tie between the Chelsea game and uh, Newcastle at home 2-0 win, which wasn't even on the uh, on the poll. Oh, right. OK. Wanker of the season. So many candidates. Uh, yeah, including me, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, Florentino Perez, um, yeah, he didn't make the card. Gareth Scythegate. Scyth- uh, Gar- Gareth Scythegate didn't either. Um, Gareth That's Scythegate. really good. It was. <laughs> Brendan Rogers. Um, <laughs> God, who else did we want to include? There's someone else that we really, really want to include. Uh, oh, Wilf Zahar. Wilfred Zahar, yeah, he could always be included, couldn't he? Yeah. Wesley Hoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Charlie Austin. <laughs> yes, our choices were uh, Mike Dean, Wial Jankovic, and VAR. Just, just all of VAR. <laughs> and uh, people did sympathise with uh, Al Jankovic on this one and uh, gave it to Mike Dean with fifty-five point four percent of the vote. I think more people voted Shocking. in this than any other, any other, any of the other polls we got. Yes, yeah, because nobody else does a wanker of the season like us. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tim's going with who? I'm going to have to go with Mike Dean. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he just multiple occasions, uh, whether he was the in-game referee or fourth official or on VAR, just fucked us over mm-hmm. every single time. So, yeah. Matt, who's your wanker of the season? I think uh, it had to be VAR, Mike Dean. I think... Uh, just, just, I, I, just referees in general. I think I, I, you know, try not to complain about it, but uh, I feel like I can't say that anymore because I feel like I, com- I complain about them a lot this year, just because the the decisions seem so shocking. There didn't seem to be consistency, um, so I'm fine with with either one of those. Mike Dean, um, I, I don't necessarily want, I, I not necessarily, I don't want people to to be abusive or, or threaten people like that, but uh, his his antics, you know. It, it's hard to stand up for people when they just constantly bring it on themselves a little bit. So, um, Charlie Austin. Yeah. Oh. Fuck up at the season, Kev. Yes. There's quite a lot of candidates for this as well, I imagine. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we decided again to do it on incidents. Um, so your choices in uh, chronological order are the high line against Spurs in that 5 2 loss at the beginning of the season. Uh, again, we are Jankovic, uh, his red card against Man United. Uh, Gineppo's foul against Spurs in the 2-1 win. Um, yes, and uh, Redmond's nap against West Ham. Uh, I think there were just too many incidents to single out, to be honest, in that performance. Um, and yeah, the winner is, uh, predictably, Alex Jankovic, his red card against United that ended up with us losing right now. Yeah. That's what that's our takeaway for the season really, isn't it? Yeah, and Tim's also uh backed that up with it with that vote as well. Yeah. No uh, obviously the uh, we could say that's probably the mistake of his career as well, because um, I haven't seen him since. And brush of blood to the head. It, it, we didn't need to lose by that margin afterwards. That that's not his fault, but the uh that moment, if you could just, if you could just, you know, if he could go back in time and change one thing over the past year, it'd probably be just like, maybe just don't kill the guy that early in the game and just try to like, you know, make a tackle, you know, once he brings the ball down or something. I don't know. Like that, that was a, a, it was a mistake. He's young. Uh, hopefully he recovers from it, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'd say if that incident was isolated on its own, I probably wouldn't have included him in wanker of the season. But it's just the whole 
his agent coming out just before that match and saying he's not getting enough game time, he's going to put in a transfer request, and then sure, yeah. about 90 seconds to prove himself and take yep. it out Scott McTominay. Ridiculous. And he fucked up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. Pretty much, Kev, we made that uh, that um, award for him, didn't we? Yeah, I wonder if he'll ever be able to play in the number nine shot. Okay, right, predictions. I know um, when we had you on at the start of the season, Matt, we did these over-under predictions, and I said, don't worry, I won't be writing this down. And truth is, I didn't, I didn't write them down. I did go back and listen to the episode, however, and I wanted to check to see how we got on. Um, so I gave you 51 goals over or under. Matt, you said over. Kev, you said over. I said under, and of course we scored 47, so 1-0 to me. Yeah, Uh, 60 goals conceded. Matt, you said under. (laughs) Kev, you said under. I said under. I mean, we we conceded 68, so it was over, obviously. But I mean, I said under because of the 9-0 that bulked it up, you know, that we've done it again. Yes, yes. (laughs) So that's that's because uh, that's why the previously mentioned player deserves uh, the mistake of the season, because... He did that. That's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> even though I, even though I just said it wasn't. <laughs> Fifteen wins. Matt said under. Kev said over. Um, and I said under. And of course it was twelve. So it was under. Now I'm questioning all these now. Uh, Romeo yellow cards five. We all said over. And he got six. Is that right? He got six. He was hardly playing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we all got that one right. Uh, red cards four. We all said. Oh, no, actually, no, you two said under, I said over, and it was three, so, yeah, you, you won that one. Uh, Ings, 15 Premier League goals, Matt said over, me and you went under, Kev, and it was 12. Uh, James Wood-Prowse, five Premier League goals, we all said over, and it was eight. Um, Redmond, I gave you four, we all said over, oh, no, I said under, and it was two. Plus two, two we got. Yeah, these are Premier League. <laughs> uh, Adams, four goals. Matt said over, Kev said over, I said over, and he got nine, so all that. Uh, Redmond assists five, we all said over, and he got three. Um, and lastly, eight Buffal starts, we all said under, and of course he didn't get any, so so that was that. Uh, the scores then, Kevin six, Matt seven, and me with nine. So not not too bad. And I, I just think that whole game right there is a, is a great uh, example of why you shouldn't bet on sports because <laughs> even, even when you think you won, Kevin, you didn't win. Uh, there, there's a get out clause and, and everybody loses. Uh, I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. It's like, it's like heads or tails. Actually, the coin landed on its side. So nobody <laughs> wins. Oh, um, and then we did our start of the season predictions, uh, position. Where we, where Saints would finish. Uh, Matt, you said ninth. Tim said eleventh. Kevin, you said ninth. I wish I could play you the audio of that episode because I actually please, said. Please don't. Well, just for, <laughs> just for my benefit, actually, because I said they'd finish fifteenth and they'd have a good cup run. I wish I could play that bit for you. You, you have to take my word for it. You go back to it, and I got it absolutely spot on. So yeah, I'm pleased with that. Stick it in. Yeah, maybe I will. Um, top scorer, we all said Ings. So that was good. Uh, champions, uh, Matt said City. Tim said City. I said City. Kevin, what did you say? I said Liverpool. Yep. Someone's different. <laughs> well, you are different because you're, you're the only one that lost. Mm. Uh, 
Top four, Matt, you said City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United. Uh, Kevin, you said Liverpool, City, Chelsea, United. I said City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, same as, as Matt. Tim went City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Spot on. Wow. How good was that? We all laughed at him as well. If you listen back to the episode, we laughed and said, United second. Never going to happen. But you got it spot on. So well done, Tim. Uh, Champions League. Matt, do you remember who you said? No. You said, Did I say Liverpool? I probably... No, you said City. Okay. Very close. Uh, Tim said Real Madrid. Kev said Bayern Munich. And I, I said, said yeah. Paris Saint-Germain. So, uh, Matt, you were the closest there. Uh, relegation. Matt went West Brom, Fulham and Villa. I can only hope. <laughs> Tim went West Brom, Palace and Fulham. Kevin went Fulham, West Brom and Villa also. And I said West Brom, Fulham and Brighton. Um, so after all that, season predictions. Kevin with 15, Matt with 25, me with 30 and Tim with 40 because of that, wow. um, that top four. That was awesome. Yeah. That won it for him. We're going to go the, the championship draw, Kev. I don't know if you know this, t- uh, Matt, but we all did a, we all picked eight championship teams uh, oh. in a draft form, and we were just going to add all the points together as you know how they finished in the league. Uh, Kevin, do you want to know how you did? Not well, actually, the, the the first three picks were Brentford, Norwich, and Watford, and I don't know if you know this, but they all That's got promoted. Point. So that was good. So you went Brentford, Forest, Preston, QPR, Middlesbrough, Wednesday, who didn't get a point deduction, uh, Bristol City and Wickham. I went Norwich, Derby, Cardiff, Millwall, Stoke, Huddersfield, Barnsley and Rotherham. And Tim went Watford, Swansea, Bournemouth, Birmingham, Blackburn, Reading, Coventry and Luton. Uh, so those points all added together. Kev at the bottom again, 467. <laughs> Uh, I got 500 and Tim 544. So, yeah, Tim topped that one also. Uh, the score prediction, Saint score predictions. Uh, Tim at the bottom on this with 33. Kev, you finished on 52 and I won by a point on 53. But uh, the total scores for everything added up, apart from those, the over-under, was Kevin, you at the bottom, 534. Then me with 583, and Tim wins it with 617. It's a bit snake draft heavy, isn't it? I think it was because of that snake draft, yeah. But when you think about it, I mean, he picked Watford and Swansea. Watford got promoted, and Swansea was his second pick, and they got to the playoff final, didn't they? So my second pick, Kev, was Derby, and they finished, well, just above the relegation zone, so that wasn't very good. And they survived. Yeah, who got relegated from the Uh Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham... I think it was all your lot, I think. But yeah, well done to Tim anyway. Uh, Kevin, fantasy football winners. Matt, you, you're the season's greatest Southampton football club podcaster. Um, the very since, niche market. <laughs> well, yeah, you're lucky that um, Lucy Hynett left the Total Saints pod this season because she absolutely ripped everyone to shit in the Oakland Leagues. Uh, but yeah, 23.66, 30 points ahead of, um, Oliver Post from the Prime podcast. Yeah. And, uh, Freddie from the Oakland side. Just how do you do it, man? Yeah. Considering that you said that you're crap at fantasy football, 
you seem to have nailed it this season. Honestly, I, I just tried not to overthink it uh, a lot and and not be not really be be married to to any one idea or, or belief about a certain player. Um, when guys were good, I just tried to just get them in the team as long as the fixtures weren't completely terrible and I could do it. And I just kind of got uh, I got I was fortunate. I I avoided a lot of injuries. Um, guys that I chose not to bring in. Oftentimes, a lot of people would bring them in, and then they got injured that week. So I just benefited from stuff like that. Um, but so I you did, just did the as, opposite of what I did. Then you just <laughs> yeah, I, I got I, I got lucky and and um, I, I'm fortunate I maybe in, in those regards. And I was ab- absolutely convinced that that Ollie was going to catch me uh, because I was just falling apart. Uh, I was in the top 100,000 for a while, and that was kind of the goal. And I didn't make it. And you know it, that's okay. It, it, it's all right. It's better. It's my best finish by far um, i think for one point in the season i was ahead of you i think it must have been like october time just like right at the start of the season and the jackass that i am kind of tweeted it out saying yes on top and then it all went pear-shaped soon after <laughs> so it goes so it's all right it's all right <laughs> but i mean yeah. hey I, I beat kevin so that that was my uh that was my main objective for the season yeah, in the top 10 of our open league. Yeah, 152,404. That's not a bad showing at all. I, it, it was a good season. I, I mean, guys like, uh, I had Dallas in there from, from basically the beginning. Bamford, um, I basically had all year. Did I you bench Dallas at any point? Yes, I did. But I also, I, I think look, a couple of big mistakes. I benched Suchek a couple of times, and I benched uh, was Matt Loughton when he had the double game week, and he mm. went nuts. Um, he was my first sub. And then uh, I got pep rouletted and lost that one. So, I mean, there are definitely a couple of instances. I think if you take those away, if I if I get those right, um, I'm I'm creeping back towards the top 100K, which would have been nice. Um, and I do have to say that that there are times when I was kind of uh, worried about the deadline and just sent my team to Lucy and said this or that. And she said, you know, do what you want, but I wouldn't do that. And so I went with this and it worked because um, she's pretty good at this. Uh, if you, if you Yeah, kind of, she's awesome. Yeah, I'm just going to copy it to next season. <laughs> it's, uh, you only get free transfers, Kev. I'm just going to use my um, free hit, free hit in oh, the first game week to, <laughs> just to copy Lucy's team and then just carry on from there. Yeah, good, uh, it, good strategy. Yeah, she 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 blew everybody away, and I, I yeah, she's she's fantastic and she's super helpful. And uh, there are a couple of people. That's what you have to do. You just have to follow a, a couple of people and decide. Okay, these are the people I'm going to listen to. And uh, don't worry about everybody else. And I think it was – I actually did benefit a little bit from uh, them pushing the deadline back to an hour and a half before game time. So uh, people were getting access to, to you know, lineups and things uh, early, which was uh, putting the rest of us at a disadvantage. So that taking that away was helpful. That's good. That's good. Kevin, we need to end the show with a Russian phrase. Uh, our final Russian phrase for this season is – Football возвращается домой. Football возвращается домой. Football возвращается домой. Football возвращается домой. And that means it's coming home. I had a feeling it was going to be that. <laughs> Football's coming home. Of course I thought you meant JWP's coming home because that is happening probably. Uh, yeah, it's funny because yeah, Scotland also uh, considers itself uh, the home of football, so we've got a double chance of it. Yes, that's it for another season then. Um, disappointing end. Yeah. Uh, 
we're, we're still in the Premier League, I suppose, so it could be a hell of a lot worse. Um, our thanks to Tim and, and Matt. Thank you once again for getting up early and chatting to us for seemingly forever. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. And um, yeah, it, it, it's been nice to, to to be able to come on and talk about it. I haven't uh, haven't been able to talk about football as much r- recently, but just that's, opening that's up some there. wounds, though. It's 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 not great to, to talk about such a terrible season. Yeah, yeah, you got to get it off your chest somehow. And um, to be quite honest, my daughter does not care. She's she's bare, she's bored the brunt of this, uh, probably. So <laughs> she, she, she swear words. <laughs> yeah, she goes, Dad. Even if it's bad, you don't have to curse. And I was like, Yeah, you're right, <laughs> but I'm going to because it's that. It's just the way things go. You're not fucking wrong, girl. <laughs> yeah. um, would you do us the honor of coming on next season and doing your over and unders again? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll absolutely come on and, and ruin those. Um, no, you beat Kevin. Well, it's not okay. difficult. Take it, take it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Superb. Be great. I, I look forward to it. Yeah, one more thing. Um, yeah, you, the one with the headphones or in your car or wherever you're listening to us. Yeah, thank you for listening to us, subscribing and all the support you've given us. And uh, if you enjoy what we're doing and you don't want us to take the piss with intrusive adverts uh, for us to sell out, then uh, you can buy us a coffee. So you can basically give us a, a one-off donation or even a regular donation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. And we'll give the link in the show notes and on Twitter as well. And we promise that we will plow the money back into running the podcast, running competitions and giving regular donators. Is that a word? Regular donors um, uh, privileges and different fun things. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to be part of that excitement, uh, buy us a coffee or, or a pint, I suppose. And it's not, it's not yes, called buy us a pint, is it? Buy us a pint. Yeah, we should start. Let's make a startup, right? <laughs> buy us a pint.com. Let's do it. Um, yeah, yeah uh, anyway, yeah, Matt, thank you once again. No, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Cool. Until next season, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.